It's Learning to Listen with Quinn, Naomi, and Charlie. Welcome to Learning to Listen, L2L. Uh, yeah, we got Charlie on the drops over there. Cowboy. <laughs> uh, Naomi, not Naomi. How's it going? <laughs> Uh, of course, I'm your host, Quinn. Uh, yeah, we got a guest with us today, Sean Gristwood. We'll get to him in a minute. We're going to talk all about the uh, Chris Ledoux album, What You Gonna Do With a Cowboy. What uh, you gonna do, brother? <laughs> I love it. I was, that, I was way into it. <laughs> before we do that, Charlie's excited. You can tell he's he's wearing his excited outfit. Coming in with expectations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash learning to listen. That's uh, where you can help us out. Throw us a buck or two. Uh, you know, buy us a coffee. Sure. That'd be real nice of you. I'm real thirsty. Are you having a good day? Pay it forward. All right. That's how you go to heaven. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash learning to listen. Uh, actually, I've got to mention this. Uh, we've had a nice little jump in our downloads recently. So, Welcome aboard if you're new to the show. Uh, if not, you know, thanks for sticking around this long. Uh, you know, but this show, what we're about is we're talking about the albums that are significant to us, you know, uh, the artists and the albums that were important uh, in our development and our tastes in music and whatnot like that. It's not a biography show. If you're looking for a biography show, this is not it. Nope. I mean... Depends on how knowledgeable we are about any one subject, which is not very. But <laughs> but what we're here to do is talk about the albums that we love or that we loved or that, you know, like uh, have a significant role in our musical tastes and the development thereof. So today we are talking to Sean Gristwood. Sean, how's it going, man? Good. How are you, Quinn? Really, 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 really good. Thanks for uh, joining us today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to talk all about uh, Chris Ledoux's album, What You're Going to Do with a Cowboy. Uh, but before we do that, man, like, how, how have you been doing? Uh, I know all this whole crazy thing was going on. You got married. You've been That's putting true. out music. Yeah. So, yeah, you've been thriving in the pandemic? Uh, it's been going okay. It's been different. That's for sure. Uh, the last five years, I've been playing music full time. So I was playing as a freelance bass player and playing in a bunch of bands and doing my own thing and recording songs and um, on on the way with my fifth single to radio coming up here next week. Ooh, good timing. Yeah. Good timing. Uh, Great timing. Plug, plug the single. What, what's the single going to be called? By, uh, by the time this drops, it'll be right around the time that single's going to be out. Okay, perfect. Well, it's called Purple Flowers. Uh, my, my lovely bride actually kind of inspired me to write it, and it's a real reminiscent song just kind of about uh, what feels like home and like when you're driving down the back roads and you see all those flowers in the ditches and all those abandoned buildings and just that true prairie feels like home. Yeah. See, Naomi, I told you he was a real cowboy. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, those weren't real cowboys. What's that? <laughs> I grew up in Gibbons. Those weren't real cowboys. Um, yeah. I had cousins from, from Gibbons and none of them turned into cowboys either. No. No, nothing you mentioned. Gas it. jockeys. Uh, nerds. <laughs> you know, when we moved to Alberta from Saskatchewan, we actually moved to Bonacord, so that's kind of funny. I went to junior high at Lillian Sheck. Me too. No. Oh, snap. <gasps> okay. 
Do we talk about this on the podcast or is this like in cutting yeah, into yeah, good, good yeah, Christmas time? I, I don't think what you guys were there at the at, same time. What happens at Lily and Chick probably should stay at Lily and Chick. That's probably <laughs> well, a good idea. I'm probably older than him. So I was there in 90. Is that, is that already too young? 94, 95, 93, 94, 95. I don't know if I want to respond to that 2000s right? <laughs> it was <laughs> oh, my teachers are already gone all I retired or dead did you have mr buck no oh damn okay with a name was like mr buck. buck was he even a teacher there or he was my favorite teacher he was a fantastic teacher he could have left a legacy you know you would have heard of Mr. Buck, but let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's move on. That That's a good call. Well, uh, yes. Yes. Speaking of Bucks, Sean is a young buck. I am a young buck. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> I don't think you have to be sorry for that. That's okay. <laughs> Take it um, while you can, man. Well, speaking of being such a young buck, uh, the fact that the album you brought to us was a Chris Ledoux album. Uh, yeah. Like, first of all, we've had a cowboy on before. But this is the first, uh, you know, cowboy country singer who actually brought us a country album. Oh, really? Yeah. Did the other guy bring? Uh, Jim Croce, which is that's eh, acceptable. Sorry. Yeah, close, but not 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 the same. So I was excited yeah. when you when you said this because I was like, "Ooh, yes, great, awesome." Uh, we're gonna be talking some '90s '90s country. Yeah, and um, this album's really cool because it covers a little bit of all the bases. There's some like Texas swing style stuff on this, and some really rocking. 90s country and it's all over mm -hmm. the place it's a lot of fun yeah so let's get into it. it it was released in july 20 or july 20th of 1992 um so as we established you might not have even been alive yet <laughs> it beat me by a year <laughs> and a couple days Whoa. <laughs> so okay here's the question that always starts off every show uh why this album well Growing up, I grew up in Saskatchewan, and my uncle was actually working on becoming a professional bull rider. He went through the high school rodeo circuit, rode for the CCA, the Canadian Cowboy Association, and eventually up into the PBR, the Professional Bull Riders Association. And he actually rode for Team Canada in the PBR World Finals twice. So Cowboy was kind of in the family. Uh, it was off to the side of the family, but uh, after we left davidson area we went to maple creek which is full full cowboy country down there that's about an hour uh from medicine hat into the saskatchewan side of things so way down south down there yeah oh yeah definitely cowboy country lots of ranches yeah so i grew up in the cowboy lifestyle uh dad was actually a ranch hand on 72 i don't remember if it was 72 quarters or 72 sections either way it was a lot uh, the ranch that we that he worked on, we lived on. And when I was 11 years old, I got a dirt bike and free reign over the whole land. Just yes. the only rule was I had to close any gate that I opened. Mm -hmm. And if I ran out of gas, I had to push my bike home. <laughs> I like those little, rules. Did you get a little jerry can or two to strap to your bike? I thought about it, but <laughs> thank goodness for the reserve on fuel tanks. Usually was enough to get me home if I needed it. Yeah, so you were getting way out there. Yeah, so growing up in the rodeo community and around the rodeo community, uh, around rodeo dances, dad would always DJ the rodeo dances. So 
there was always cowboy music playing. There was all sorts of music playing. Cowboys like lots of different music. Yeah. And so speaking of like that, Chris Ledoux, <laughs> obviously a genuine cowboy himself. Uh, yeah, he he, was a saddle bronc rider through yeah, the he 70s. had gone, he had gone pro when he was still pretty young, like he's still a teenager. Right. And Uh, no, it was later than that. but he was retired early from, from, uh, from the rodeo scene by his, by his early twenties, but he had, uh, as far as I can know, but anyway, but he had like established himself as like a legit rodeo, like cowboy, right? Like, Yeah, and he was actually writing songs about the rodeo circuit and his cowboy lifestyle uh, right from pretty much go. He was writing and recording, and to help pay for the rodeo circuit, he actually sold cassettes out of the pickup bed of his track. Awesome. Have you seen young pictures of Chris Ledoux on his younger album covers? Yep. He looks like Paul Rudd. So basically, if Paul Rudd ever ages, he's going to look like Chris Ledoux. You know, Just that there are worse things to happen. Yeah. Chris Ledoux is a handsome man. He is. But uh, I'm just saying Well, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd doesn't age, right? But if he did... I can kind of I can kind of see it a little bit. I I I've seen some there was more so unfortunately Chris Ledoux passed away in what 2004, 2005. 2005, and do you want to hear something really weird? Hmm. Uh, he passed away of cancer on March 9th, 2005. Whoa! So we're on. We're we're talking about him on the anniversary of his death. Yeah. Oh. Wow, that wasn't planned. That's spooky. Oh, creepy. Greg. Great. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Ooh. great. Greg. So now we're Greg. we're gonna be we're gonna be haunted by a handsome rodeo cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what is that is that the noise of a of a, of a rodeo ghost? Yeah, that's what a rodeo ghost sounds like. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like Kid Rock. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> ready for that. None of us were. Trust me. Um. So okay. Uh, so that makes sense. Like you know, this guy was putting out albums like crazy, uh, independent too. Totally He, independent. yeah. But before he like this is like something like what is like twenty third, twenty fourth album. He... Yeah, he had released 22 albums independently before he ever signed a label deal. Yeah, he'd spent the better part of two decades building up an uh, basically uh, a real grassroots following from, you know, not just selling these tapes early on, but playing these like rodeo, like, you know, festivals and things like that. Totally independent for, for years and years and years. Um, he could have almost never really like he that, that could have been his career. You know, kind of his career kind of returned to that again at the end. it This did is yeah like. The one shining example of like him kind of caving in to the system and being like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll play along. Like a little sign me. bit so basically what happened was garth brooks mentioned him in a song in much too young to feel this damn old Mm. The the line, a worn out tape of Chris Ledoux, lonely women and bad booze seem to be the only friends I've left at all. And when that song took off, uh, Chris Ledoux's name in it, everybody was like, who's this Chris Ledoux guy? And he kind of just rode that wave, signed a signed a record deal and then released this album almost immediately after. Yeah, Uh, this re-recorded is wow. a bunch of his previous stuff and Yeah, this is the Thanks, second Garth. 
This is the second album that he released after he got signed. Yeah. And this one, I think, became the the kind of the highlight because Garth Brooks uh, wrote a wrote him a song and then guessed it on that song. They yeah. released it. You know what's interesting? I found out while I was doing a little bit of research. The song that the na- album is named after, What You Can Do With a Cowboy, Garth Brooks is obviously credited not only as a songwriter, but as like, you know, the duet vocal on all releases of this album outside of the US. In the US, for some reason, even though it's obvious he's on the track, he, uh, he's he got the songwriting credit, but he doesn't take the duet credit. Really? Yeah, and I'm not sure if that's a legal thing, if it was maybe, I don't know if they were on two different labels and it was a licensing thing, or if, hmm. it, but I'm, part of me is like, I wonder if maybe Garth Brooks was like, okay, for the foreign markets, cool, but I want this one to like stand on its own without selling it with my name attached to it, hmm. you know? You know, that sounds like a total Garth thing to do. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, that's basically what brought this guy to prominence was the fact that Garth Brooks name dropped him uh, on his one of his, his debut album or ah, uh, I don't remember if which much yeah, I know I know what song it is, but one. I I like I don't know yeah, there's it, that, that that era of Garth Brooks is all blur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know which a lot happened which. really fast for Garth. Yeah. But uh, but it was a few years. It took a few years before before he saw the light of day. But yeah, so so because of Garth Brooks uh, throwing his name behind him, and then because of the duet and that being the single, yeah, that's the highest he ever charted. And I think it even charted a little bit higher in Canada, maybe because it had Garth Brooks' name attached to it, than it did uh, in the states even. But uh, yeah, I was... think that was a U.S. top ten that year. Yeah, and I think it may have broke even up to top five in Canada, but it was his only top ten, and maybe the single Cadillac Ranch off this album as well, and that's Could it. After that, he barely scraped, uh, got by the top forty ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so now that we've established that, like, how did you discover it? Like, I guess obviously you were saying that, uh, you know, with the rodeo scene, everybody in that world kind of knew who Chris Ledoux was. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, with my uncle in that part of the rodeo community, uh, my grandpa's a farmer, and he, him and his family loved Chris Ledoux, knew him from the rodeo circuit, and so there was always Chris Ledoux music playing, and dad was a huge music buff, so there was always, always, always music playing in the house. A lot of country, a lot of old country, a lot of classic rock, and just mm. all over the place. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, so like, so obviously this album though stood out to you. Like, why was this the one you gravitated towards out of all the other like Chris Ledoux or other music you were listening to at the time or hearing at the time? Like, Bro- I imagine you were like you were you were you were a little young. So obviously you came back to this a few years later at some point. Yeah, this is one that it's been played in the house as long as I can remember. Uh, it was one that dad played all the time and every single song on it is catchy. And I can't there, as far as I'm concerned, there's no bad song on this album, probably because it was done on a label and everything is fully polished, re-recorded from other versions. I've heard some of the other versions of these songs and mm-hmm. these are definitely the best recordings of them. 
Well, yes. Uh, I was one of the notes I made about about this album was that I was like, when I saw that so much, and even after this, he re-recorded lots mm-hmm. because I get, I think having the label behind him and they were probably pushing. He really got to work in for basically the '90s. He was. He was on like a year and a half like album cycle, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, like, and obviously he was prolific before that, so he didn't mind the work. But I think the label probably was pressuring him to be like, "Well, what do you got in your back catalog? You know, like what's what's proven, what's been the proven hits and whatnot. Not hits, but you know, but what's work, what's 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 working for you? What are your most requested songs at your shows?" And he re-recorded a lot of his songs from his earlier catalog during this period. Uh, this one in particular, uh, he re-recorded a bunch of. Uh, like four songs all from the same album saddle boogie band yeah uh and uh and i went back because i was like okay well yeah what did they like sound like on those albums and uh yeah they're a little underwhelming (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the the songwriting's not bad but there's something missing for sure yeah that's what i found every time i went back as well do they still have the blazing telecaster uh, not as much. Oh. Not as much. Um, yeah, like, okay, I guess maybe I'll, I'll, I usually do this a little bit later, but maybe I'll, 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 I'll see what everybody's first impressions, uh, of this, like, out of everybody here, who was, was, was already familiar with Chris Ledoux? Never heard of him. Okay, so obviously Sean, yes. <laughs> okay, Na- It'd be Na- weird okay, if Na- you hadn't heard of him. Yeah, like yeah. Naomi obviously has. Why did I put my up. hands up on the podcast? What I the- know. The- <laughs> <laughs> so Naomi, Naomi, was this like the first time you've you've heard this record? This record, yeah. Um, the reason I've heard of Chris Ledoux won't surprise anybody. It's because in 1998, um, he covered a Bon Jovi song called "Bang a Drum." Uh, right <laughs> uh, off the young guns to soundtrack and john bon jovi was in the video with him okay that makes so much sense to me uh yeah. i'll i'll say why in a, in a little bit but uh uh what was your impression of this album me yeah <laughs> i don't i didn't get a good listen to it let's be oh honest. boo okay sorry i guess yeah sorry uh under you, the bus i go you said that before <laughs> that's okay I do right. apologize. Charlie. Hey. Charlie. What was your impression? Was this so this must you said you never heard of Chris Liddy before? I never heard of him before. Not once ever. Not that I can recall. I mean, I'm sure I'd heard that uh Garth Brooks song before, so I've heard his name, but I'd never you know, never never thought, hey, that's a guy. And I should Okay, well what was your what was your initial impression? I was like, okay. So originally I, I came into this thinking 90s country, hey, what's this gonna sound like? All right, I'm a, like what, 90s what, country. What, yeah. yeah, what are we going through? What are we going through? And then it sounded like the with with the amount of uh, of rock and guitar and stuff on it, I was very pleasantly surprised very quickly. So it it, it went. Um, they started off with a couple of bangers, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, this is gonna be great. I'm all in now. Let's do it." You know. Yeah, I mean, man, my so obviously I was familiar with Chris Ledoux. I knew the singles off this one, the What You Can Do with the Cowboy. I heard that a ton growing up. Like around this period, Garth Brooks was very popular in my house. So anything Garth Brooks related got played a bunch. This definitely got played on. I don't remember how many Chris Ledoux albums around that much, but if it was on the radio or for Chris Ledoux, like video was on CMT, mm. it was 
you know, the volume went up or whatever for a minute, uh, that sort of thing. Um, uh, so, but I never listened to the album all the way through. So having only been able to judge what I might've been getting into by the singles alone, I was completely surprised. <laughs> and what, because those, those singles are very much indicative of like that nineties, like country radio at the time. Right. You know, they, it makes sense that it was like a, Garth Brooks' written song is the lead single. And then um, I think uh, the other one was the Cadillac Ranch, right? Which, Which was nowhere near what I was expecting. Yeah, it's not the Bon, or bon Jovi, the, the Springsteen written yeah. nitty, gritty dip, uh, nitty Gritty Dirt Band version of Cadillac Ranch. Yeah. They just have but the same. you can do the line dance to it. I figured, I, I thought about it in my head. I was like, yeah, you can still do the Cadillac Ranch to it. Well, yeah, you can do the Cadillac Ranch to pretty much anything in four four time, but hey, that's true. <laughs> if you believe, oh, one one twenty beats per minute, uh, you know, four four. Just really dig into that one, and white people can do the Cadillac Ranch to anything. <laughs> the only line dance I can still remember. I just I remember the slap leather part. That's all I remember. <laughs> oh, wait, or is that a different dance? No, you're right. No, that's right. Okay. Anyway, um, and then so. When you when you mentioned Bon Jovi, there's a there's a few tracks on here that might as well be Bon Jovi tracks from the eighties. Mm. They have like eighties like rock production. Yeah. They they I can like okay, so the well, one that I really, really fucked up by not Yeah. The one that really, really, really stands out is hooked on eight sec on an eight second ride. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit, man. That might as well be from the karate kid soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you this is something I'm gonna love. Well, I don't. I, I here's the thing: that. is the only thing that's that that different than like it might as well be a Bon Jovi. It could have been like on on uh, like the Young Guns soundtrack or something. Mm-hmm. Is the voice? Is Chris Ledoux's voice? Is definitely not Bon Jovi's voice. No. But if it had been Bon Jovi singing it instead of Chris Ledoux, I would have totally He's got bought a nice, it. As a bon Jovi deep, song. nice, nice deep timbre to his voice. Oh yeah, he's got a throaty like uh, like mm-hmm. smoothie s- smoothie smooth velvety voice. <laughs> He's got a smoothie voice, you know. He got a he got a voice from got a booster juice kind of voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so to say that I was surprised that I was like, oh, there's th- this album is pretty diverse. It's pretty rocked, like yeah. for the most part. Uh, yeah, like that was my initial impression to the point where um, uh, I actually, you know, uh, not this version of this song. I'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, but. I started jamming along with Hooked on an 8 Second Ride. I picked up my Telecaster and started learning the riffs. And I'm like, I know how to play this. This is fucking, this is metal, man. It's all I mean, it's written It's written around open chords, so it was super easy to figure out really quick. But I'm like, it's riffy as all hell. It's It's got a galloping triplet, like... Yep. It's only a step or two removed from, like, Iron Maiden, really. <laughs> it's not that far. Um, honestly, I think a big part of why I keep coming back to this album is that diversity because mm. it's got songs like you just can't see them from the road, which is one of my grandpa's favorite songs. And it's total old country ballad. It's a, yeah, I, it's second song in ballad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like the kind of ballad you normally save for like two thirds of the way through the album, like maybe third, second, last song, but no second song in is the is the biggest ballad on the whole album. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
And then little long-haired outlaw is more of a kind of a straight-up 70s, 80s rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. And then, of course, there are the country songs on here. And then there's the uh, the cover of uh, of I'm Ready If You're Willing, uh, Johnny Horton. Yeah. Yeah. He did a really cool version of it, too. Yeah. It's, it's almost got a bit of a Texas swing feel to it, the way he shook it up. Yeah, totally. A little like because Johnny Horton kind of uh, leaned in a little bit more to the rockabilly side of country. And What's on this... Texas Swing? Just, Ooh. just like, Ooh. yeah, it's a whole genre. Mm-hmm. Is that? It's basically know. jazz with cowboy hats. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Did we just open your whole world up? Uh, that happened ten minutes ago, and it's just been more crazy ever since. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it makes complete sense that he did a song with John Bon Jovi at some point because basically a couple of these tunes could have been. And um, so, okay, so Sean, you know, uh, like, did this turn you on to other styles of music? You're listening to all this country music. Oh, definitely. And then you hear a guy like Chris Ledoux and he's accepted by, you know, the people like your dad, you were saying, played this record a lot. And then you're hearing a song like Long Haired Outlaw or Hooked on an Eight Second Ride. You know, are you, are you, does it open your world to like the potential of music? Yeah, absolutely. I dove in really hard to honestly bands like Bon Jovi. I listened to tons of their stuff right back to the self titled album. Whoa. Yeah. 84. That's way back. Way back when. Like almost yeah. a decade before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> So sorry, sorry, I had to put that big in. There. Nope. I'm did fine. it change? Did it change the way you were thinking about music at all? Like at the time, like when you came across, when you started listening to this, and you're, and uh, you know, yeah, you know, I've always been pretty open as far as genres go. I I love country music, and I love the lyric content of country music, but '80s rock, uh, '70s rock, uh, some metal. I've I definitely had a metal phase for a while. Uh, and yeah, good music is good music. And I don't think a genre really defines it. And guys Amen. like Chris Ledoux that were willing to push the boundaries were, yeah, I, I don't know what the word I want to use is, but it was sweet. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it was, it was very, very eye opening to, to hear it too, because, you know, I, a lot of the artists I appreciate, like modern artists, like artists today are the kind of guys who are doing us you know something similar to what he's doing really and it's like they, they always seem like they're so unique but then you realize like a guy like chris ledoux has been around this whole time or was you know mm-hmm. and he i don't think he he really got recognized for that sort of thing uh he got recognized as being garth brooks buddy yeah but he also in a way like had already built this huge uh following regional like mostly around like you know uh Texas and and uh, basically the rodeo circuit. Was yeah. The whole rodeo yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, was it basically like he'd tie in participating in a rodeo and then do a show at the rodeo kind of thing? Or yeah, was... I think he played at some, but he, after a rodeo, he'd be selling cassettes out of the box of his pickup truck. It totally yeah. makes sense. Like, why not? Why not? Yeah, and I think I forget what year it was. Uh, about halfway through his big rodeo career. Uh, he won the saddle bronc 
And it kind of just lended some extra credibility to the country cowboy element of his music. And mm -hmm. that whole uh, scene just totally accepted him after that. Mm -hmm. So anybody that had any doubts, they're like, oh, well, well, he won. You know what that is? Yeah. That's street cred. Street cred. street cred. Yeah, he did. He had he, he had country cred, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he had, dirt road cred. Dirt road cred, yeah. Dirt road cred. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, horse horse trailer cred. That would be a good album title. Uh, dirt road cred. I'm somebody's done it already, Billy Ray Cyrus and, they, and, they, and they rap all over it. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So that's the thing is, there's definitely like you know the elements of like legitimate country western, you know, like not just music but life experience in these songs. And, you know, I, I was listening to it and I'm like, man, you know, honestly, this is this is kind of the missing link between like pure cowboy music like an Ian Tyson, mm -hmm. you know, who's like, I'm only singing about horses. It's all poetry whatever. It's great. But it's it's you know, that's what that is. And then, you know, this is this this guy's got a little element of stadium rock in him. <laughs> and I can imagine a guy like Garth Brooks who's kind of coming up in this country world but really wants to be like a stadium rocker is it may i don't know if he was at chris ledoux shows or just heard the albums or what but like got that hint of him and th this is that logical step like you don't i don't think you get garth brooks without a chris ledoux mm. like mm -hmm. th does that make sense i think that makes sense yeah i i feel like you know garth lost some of the harder rock uh elements that Chris Ledoux might have had but like the idea of of putting on that kind of a show because when I looked into it it turns out that that was kind of his reputation even before this like his image and I think that's what's really misconstrued like um or almost misrepresents him is that his image on his album covers even going back is very much like the clean cut cowboy mm -hmm. and he's definitely a wholesome kind of clean cut kind of guy but you would never get the impression from any of his promotional materials, from any of his album covers, that that he's that he's got like a lot of rock riffs, you know, and like heavy rock riffs. Yeah. Uh, in you his talk music. about that stadium rock feel, and I guess I was doing some back research too because I love Chris Ledoux, but I didn't actually know all that much about how how he went about things, mm -hmm. and. I guess at his live shows, he'd actually set up a mechanical bull on stage and ride it between songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he put on a show. Oh, yeah. Nice. And that's what I got, that the reputation that he got, like his grassroots fan base before he ever got signed, was that he was a cowboy who put on a rock show. Yeah, for sure. And I so mean, he he's got quite a few covers. I mean, he did a cover of Life is a Highway. Oh, Cool. <laughs> See, and, Naomi, this is right up your alley. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with this um, <laughs> album yet? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, I don't know. Like, it, it was. It's just really interesting. Like, when I look back to, because he's, he, I'm, I'm trying to think of like where you know in in the '70s when he's making some of these songs. You know, at the time, like the only thing I can think of that's kind of a contemporary to him would be like a band like the Outlaws. You know, like their cover of um, mm. of um, Ghost Riders in the Sky. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I hear a song like Hooked on an Eight Second Ride, and I was I'm automatically like, it took me to like, oh yeah, that's right. 
uh, this sounds a little bit like the Outlaws. And the Outlaws were not really considered a country band at all, but not even a southern rock band. They were considered a hard rock band that just kind of had a bit of a country thing going on, right? Like, Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's almost like... Imagine if you'd clean them up and put them in a cowboy hat and like, you know, and uh, and a brush popper shirt, like, you know, like that's that, that that's that's what's interesting about them. And I wonder if a bunch of the fans who came on board thinking like, oh, this is Garth Brooks, buddy, the song, what you're going to do with the cowboy, uh, you know, is like indicative of him. And then they hear some of the harder rock stuff and they go like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. And if it, it kind of kept him a little bit underground. Yeah, uh, they actually referred to his subgenre of country music as Western Underground. Yeah, oh. right. I, he renamed his backing band the Western Underground, right? Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it really gave me a lot of respect for him uh, going forward that he really, I mean, at first I was a little put off by the fact that he just went back and like re-recorded a ton of his back catalog. But then I realized, I'm like, you know what? You've got the resources. You've got probably the pressure from the label to, to put out this product or whatever. But like he didn't compromise and just make albums full of nothing but what you're gonna do with a cowboy. Yeah, he kept exactly. making. Yeah, he kept putting rock covers in there. He kept writing more songs like you know. He's uh, got a couple albums that are straight up cowboy anthol- anthology, and it's all just like cowboy poetry songs, like the Blizzard, <laughs> and hmm. it's it's an incredible album, and it's all old cowboy music. Yeah, 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 like, and he's got this prolific catalog. I couldn't even begin to wrap my brain around. So, of course, I decided I'm like, well, I I enjoyed some of the output here, and I went looking and I found a couple of compilations, and I found those compilations. I found a compilation, like an, an official release, that was like all the hard rock songs in one compilation. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, that's, that's sweet. And then I found a couple more that were more like what you were saying, you know, that. So I'm like, this guy can be many things to many people. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. have the hard rock Ledoux. You can have the cowboy Ledoux. Or you can have both, really, I think. And he really I think the sums best ex- that up. Go, yeah, sorry, think, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think the best experience, though, is to hear him as he was. He was all those things. You yeah, know? definitely. I think yeah. that really gets summed up on Little Long-Haired Outlaw. Yeah, for sure. Totally. That he's like, because what are like the lyrics in Little uh, Long-Haired Outlaw? It's about how he's got one inside him and he's like, sorry, I'm trying to play country music, but this guy just keeps wanting to play rock and roll. Like, yeah, he gets gets uh, to the end of the song and he goes, well, if you like cowboy music and you don't like this song, well, I'd like to apologize if the tune kind of came out wrong. <laughs> but you see, I can't help myself. Little Long-Hair's got control. Yeah. Um so the question is then now you're you know you're you're performing you're writing songs like you've managed to turn it into a career. Did the does Chris Ledoux influence like your songwriting at all? Very much so. Yeah, how how so? Uh just the honesty of it. Anything that I've written myself, I try to keep that as authentic as possible. Uh you can actually the single that's coming up that's going to be out to radio on march 15th is uh very very traditional it's probably not going to get a whole lot of radio play i'm kind of just targeting 840 cfcw am station you should check it out and uh cbc country 171 on sirius xm did those you are say kind of cfcw yeah i love those is that guys. still what it's called yeah oh i for some reason thought they changed their uh id 
They went from 790 to 840. Yeah, they changed their band, but not their They're still CFCW. Okay. They'll be CFCW forever. Good. Yeah. Yeah, they're one of the few, like, still kind of legit rural country stations out there. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a kind of a shame, you know, these days that it's really hard to find terrestrial country radio that hasn't caved into the pop market as much. <laughs> it's 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 disheartening to try and find like good country radio, and it, it, it tricks you sometimes because you'll find these um, you'll find these stations, these you know these small market stations that'll have like that hour or two on the weekend when you just happen to be turning dials like while you're out, you know, taking a rip through the country. And you'll be like, this is amazing. This is great. Like they're playing, you know, the oldies, they're playing the new good stuff or whatever. And then you find out that that's only a show that only happens for an hour on Saturdays in the <laughs> afternoon. And then like the rest of the time, it's, you know, it's a lot of like... Florida click... Georgia line. Well, it's Florida. click tracks and whisper rap, you know, and like... <laughs> and, you know, it like... Getting to listen to this was kind of a breath of fresh air because it reminded me of when it was still the genre had like, I know we can do this debate endlessly about like what's country, what's not country. It's, you know, we do this in every genre. I've had, we've had the same conversation with uh, Mike Danilak last week about propaganda and punk rock and what's legit punk rock and, you know, that sort of thing, right? (laughs) You know, but I, I just have to say that like, the this it's 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 a genre that always seems like to me like uh, um is a little bit ashamed of itself you know like these days like they 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 want to be anything but country yeah it's it's hard to find well it's not that hard to find if it's hard to find on mainstream radio yes people yes. that will still play honest authentic country music there's tons of it out there Oh, of course. I agree, but you got to go looking for it. Yeah, so so who really turned their back cuz the radio stations play what they have to play to keep people listening. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I wonder if it's a case of people who really, you know, are engaged in what they listen to don't really care about the radio anymore anyway. So that is definitely true. Radio is more for the casual listener now, the people who aren't and and I've heard this from a program like station, uh, um, you know, um, directors. Yeah, directors and even DJs who have said like, our job is to not be too jarring when somebody t- turns to our dial. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it, it's be kind of kind of uh, homogenous, not just country radio, but radio in general, mm-hmm. right? Because they're like. The minute you really disturb somebody, they're going to change the dial. You lose that um, uh, uh, rating, you know, that that person sitting in that audience or listening or whatever. And it's not it's it's advertisers. It's those that money where they at the end of the day when they're like, oh, we couldn't we we you know people clicked away or turned the dial when something jarring came on. And that's not to say jarring is in like it wasn't good. But it like upset their sensibilities of like I'm in this lane, I'm in this zone, and even if you're flipping the dial, you just want you want familiar, <laughs> mm-hmm. like palpable, easy to digest, you know. Uh, and if it's too one way or the other, you're more likely to change the dial. You're going to lose advertising dollars. Definitely. The best way it was explained to me is that radio has two customers: they have the listener and the advertiser. 
and only one of them pays them, but they have to please both. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's a it's a tricky thing. So, um, but you know, uh, I I'm I'm a subscriber to Satellite Radio. Love and it. I'm guess all where I that. occasionally hear a Chris Ledoux uh, track every once in a while. You know, it might be on Willie's Roadhouse or like you know. Uh, but I, I'm surprised I haven't heard more of these hard rock tracks on, on like Outlaw Country and stuff. I'm going to start putting a bug in a few DJs' ears and be like, hey, come on. <laughs> hey, if you have that power, you should make that happen. <laughs> kind of know a guy. <laughs> not going to drop any names, but kind of know a guy. The power uh, of Quinn. Uh, <laughs> power of, of, uh, of, of making music, you know, and having uh, an audience out there that you can reach. Uh, you never know who's in your audience, man. Sometimes famous people are listening. You, you never you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do have some criticisms of this album. Okay, I'm ready. And it's not about the songwriting. <laughs> I think the songwriting is all pretty good. I mean, I, I just got to say, though, I think the production is a little limited on this one. And it was frustrating. Even for 92? Yeah. Yeah, for 92. And you know what makes it really stand out is that the single, What You Gonna Do With The Cowboy was not produced in the same album session or with the same producer or in the same studio. I'm pretty sure Garth Brooks pulled some favors and this was produced under Garth Brooks watch because, um, uh, Alan, <clears throat> Alan Reynolds, uh, took over, uh, production for the single for the track five. And if you look at the number of players on this album, they are all over the place, man. There is like a hundred people like session players. And there's a ton of session players on. This yeah. Album. There's like three different drummers and like five different bass players. It's like, it's a lot of names. Some, some you would know, uh, some not so much or whatever. I'm sure some of them are maybe some of Chris's guys and some of them are, you know, maybe Garth's guys or, or whoever the producers, Jimmy Bowen and uh, Alan Reynolds. But I would say the production on this album is so inconsistent. It's so all over the place. That I would agree with. It's so frustrating. And, and, and the, the fact that what you're going to do with the cowboy is so perfectly produced for radio country at the time, especially Mm -hmm. it, like when it comes on in the middle of the album, it just really highlights kind of how piss poorly some of the other tracks are produced and it's a shame to me because when I did go back and listen to the other tracks, the, the like re-recorded ones, I was like, these are improvements, but there's still so much more potential. They could have been, they could have been treated so much better. Um, and uh, I was, I was like, oh man, especially hooked on an eight second ride. I found not just that one, but a, a lot of the album, I found the production is really flat. You know, like not a lot of dynamics. Like you can hear all the instruments and that's great. I, I can hear the bass. I just wish I could feel the bass, you know? Mm. Uh, I, I, I did some EQing on my own just with like, I'm just streaming most, mostly I was streaming it off of Spotify and I went into the Spotify app and found the EQs and started playing around with like bringing up the low end on this album. Like I wanted the drums need to be way punchier. Like they're there, you can hear them, they're audible, but there's just no, no, nothing that kicks you in the guts, nothing. Right. And then of course they're all on one kind of band like all the instrumentation and then the voice is just head and shoulders like way out there above that and i under totally understand that especially in the country genre like this is one album i definitely did not need the lyric sheet for mm-hmm. i understood every single word he said totally articulated very well but it was also a little jarring to be like the voice is so disembodied from the instrumentation it's like it's almost like 
you know, like, like everybody quiet so you can hear <laughs> Chris, but it's like, you want a band to like play, especially man, those guitar tracks, uh, the, 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 the electric guitar playing some of those, like just those power chord riffs and stuff like that is just so neutered on this production, you know? <laughs> But that all changes track five. I mean, it's a different instrumentation. It's pedal, it's pedal steel and fiddle and stuff like that. But it, it has dynamic range. It sounds full, like, you know. And uh, I just found it, it was like, uh, it really highlighted how, how the rest of it, like, because I was like, I want to really enjoy this. And I got my headphones on and I'm listening and I'm like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, give me, give me some grit. Give me some, like, I want to hear a guitar, like distortion. Like, you give know, me with fuel, a little... give me fire, give me that which I desire. <laughs> uh, in a way, actually, kind of, yeah. That's where I felt you felt inside. Yeah. Give me fuel, give me fire. Well, I'm just saying, like, maybe this was before, like, guys like Bob Rock got to Nashville. You know, and we're like, this is how you do it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna make an '80s like rock sound, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is how you do it. So that was my only uh, my my only real criticism is is that I'm like, ah, it 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 these songs aren't totally done justice by the production, and it's funny to think that that's that this is like the production with a budget at a label as opposed to the you know, independent. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I will say this. So I went, my mission was, I'm like, somebody's got to have like covered hooked, uh, on an eight second ride, you know, with some like modern production, you know, open did you that find one. Yes. And no, I did find covers, but I always, all the covers I found were actually fairly amateurish as well. Right. And I found the one thing that would throw off some of the, even the better covers, there was a handful, would be the vocals. I would always, I'd be like, oh, this is almost there. The guitars sound great. The drums are big. You know, it's, it's the production's bigger, fuller, but then the singer would suck. <laughs> but then I found the Chris Ledoux live album from 1997. Oh, yeah. And I have got to say, if you are a Chris Ledoux fan or you want to get into Chris Ledoux, put that fucking record on. It's awesome. It's awesome front to back. It takes all the tracks that you like from this one and like the uh, some of his older ones that like you know that never got necessarily re-recorded during the Liberty or uh, whatever the the major label days. Uh, although he was in the middle of his major label days there. It's an hour and plus long or whatever, but it's it's a live show. The production sounds great. The players sound great. The instruments sound great. He sounds big and full. And I'm sure there's some overdubs in there, and I'm sure there's some canned audience noise. I'm almost certain there is, but I don't care because it's like out of everything I listen to, it has the best production value. It so makes those songs sound awesome. So, yeah. Um, I you know, think I don't that, know if I've listened to that live album. I'll have to go find it. Yeah, I highly, rec- I highly recommend it. I mean, it, it, I, it reaches the potential. I think that that hurt this album because of some of the lackluster production. You know. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I guess. I, if there, I had to say anything, it's a shame, you know, that he, cause he was only in his fifties, early fifties mm-hmm. when he passed away. I wish he was still around. You know, I, I, I didn't know much about him, you know, other than the couple of singles I heard, uh, his name got kicked around once in a blue moon, you know, uh, some people I know, 
like musicians I know have, have mentioned Chris Ledoux as, as being an influence before. And, and I was like, yeah, okay, it makes sense, I guess, you know, but I never really understood like the deeper, like the, the fucking iceberg. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, 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 like that is Chris Ledoux. Um, and um, you know, if you just like the warmth of his voice, his son, Ned, Ned Ledoux is recording music and it's like listening to a ghost. Oh, wow. One of the covers I found, unfortunately, it it was on YouTube and it was from somebody's camera phone in the, like in the audience mm-hmm. of that. I was like, oh, this sounds great. Was Ned Ledoux. And I looked and he, he, I don't think he, I don't know if he's released anything. He's got a few things out. He's got an album for sure. Um, it wasn't, if he has, I didn't do too much of it. I was looking for that song specifically, so I'd have to do another, but I was surprised okay. that, that I didn't find a version of that song, uh, out there with his name attached to it. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, his I, songwriting can't hold up to Chris's, but he's got a song called the Hawk that's mm-hmm. about his dad and it's kind of neat. It's kind of a, Yeah, looking back and just like the the spiritualness of it is pretty cool. Um, I guess hawks are pretty rare where they live and where they come from. But after Chris passed away, there was a hawk that's been in their yard pretty much every day since. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, nice. So, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye out. Um, I'm going to dig more into to Chris Ledoux for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. Um, I guess this is kind of where we go around and, and, uh, ask everybody like if it, if it held up, you know, uh, I guess Naomi, you're, you're off the hook. <laughs> well, what I know you're not today... go listen to it. Exactly. Not, what I've learned today is hook. that I really missed out. Listen, so. just do, just, do I would me like to listen to this for the fact that I've actually find it interesting, pleasurable. To listen to. <laughs> Don't worry. In a couple of weeks, we're going to make you listen to another punk rock album. <laughs> okay, I'll listen to Chris Ledoux instead. <laughs> um, well, listen to go to go find the live album, the '97 live album. I don't know if that's the name of it. I think it's just called Chris Ledoux Live, and it came mm-hmm. out like 1997. And listen to the version of "Hooked on an Eight Second Ride" on there, mm. and tell me if you couldn't picture like a, a Bon Jovi, you know, like version oh, of that sure, song. I'm sure, I could. Um, uh, Charlie, uh, yeah. yeah, so you said you enjoyed the, the album. Um, mm-hmm. so do you think like, you know, here in 2021, it, it holds up? Um, I think like you were saying, a lot of stuff with the production was a bit, uh, you know, uh, at times not great. Uh, there was, there was times where I was wondering if the drums were just straight up like, uh, programmed. You know, because it just it just had that feel for me. Um, but that being said, I would be very excited. I, I am very excited. I would love to check out this live album. And not only that, but you said that there's a compilation of his heaviest stuff. So yeah, I want to get into that. I want to check that out. So I, I, I really loved a lot of the heavier stuff for sure. You mm-hmm. know, and would definitely throw that on and get into that more. Yeah, well, we definitely like our we like our rock and our metal and our you know whatnot here. But I mean, I definitely enjoyed a lot of the the, the country stuff too. Oh, for sure. Um, and the the cover of um the, the Johnny Horton cover, I'm ready if you're willing. When I hit play on the album the first time, 
I had accidentally still had my shuffle on and that's the first thing that came on and my ears perked up right away. I was like, this is a very good treatment of this song. This is great. This is like, you know, this is cool. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, this album, maybe not so much, but uh, you know what? I think this was definitely a bit of a gateway into a bigger catalog and I'm going to explore, especially that live album because that's a big chunk of the catalog and, and uh, I really, really was really enjoying what I got to listen to it. I didn't get to hear the whole thing, but I listened to the few tracks that I wanted to hear and then hit it, hit play and just let it play for a little while. Uh, and I was really getting into it. So I'm going to dig more into that. And uh, yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be checking out more Chris Ledoux. Uh, like Sean, uh, is this an album that holds up for you? Does it still live in your CD player? Or? Oh, yeah, all the time. I listen to this one a lot, uh, if nothing else, just for songs like You Just Can't See Them From The Road. And again, that cover of I'm Ready If You're Willing is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Western Skies is probably one of my all-time favorite lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I go back to that one a lot. I cover that one quite a bit. Uh, Cadillac Ranch, I love to cover. It's I play a lot of songs off this album when I'm doing now. My when live you tell shows. people you're gonna you're about to play Cadillac Ranch, <laughs> this one's called Cadillac this Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to qualify the Chris Ledoux version? Are the people go, "What the fuck? This is Cadillac Ranch." Oh yeah, always have to qualify. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a question: If you had to pick one track off of this album, like what's the what's your favorite track off the album? If you had to only pick one, Western Skies. Boom. There it is. Cool. He barely had to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I dug I dug some of that production that they had a little bit of fun with, like you know, some wind noises and some nature noises and stuff, like on the opening track, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's uh, it's you know, here's the thing is, it's only half hour. Like it's a very digestible album. So like, I it, it I think. It definitely never gets. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, complacent. Like, yeah, like you, like you don't get bored of it. Yeah. By the time the albums you come and gone, like you're like, oh, I I can play that again. <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah. And it's yeah. ten. It's ten songs, and they're not all the exact same thing. Yeah, there's right? some so diversity there. Yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I. I like I said, just frustrated with some of the production because I just like it, it falls flat. But like, I think it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gateway to a, to a bigger catalog that I'm definitely excited to check out. So Sean, thank you so much for, for bringing us the, the album. Um, My is there anything else you wanted to talk about, about the, you know, before we call it a day? Nothing that I can think of, you know, if all this podcast did is get some, some more Chris Ledoux fans out there. I did my job. Yeah. yeah for sure man let's put it this way uh if uh if you if you wish you know if you if you're a country fan but you still like you know hearing some galloping triplets and and uh power chords and whatnot like like yeah this might be your guy man <laughs> might be your guy i don't know i don't know if you mentioned it at all you mentioned that he had a lot of albums but did you mention the number that he he recorded 36 albums yeah, we said 22 before he got signed, and then yeah. when he was signed, he recorded at least six or seven albums. All in all, 36 albums. You wow. Know? That's you, got a, you got a catalog to dig yeah. into there. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Start with the live album. <laughs> <laughs> or this one, because it's a good gateway. This is a good it start. Is, it is. It is. Yeah. For sure, man. Um, cool. Okay. Well, Sean, what do you got going on? You mentioned your single. Do uh, you got anything else coming up you can plug? Not really. It's pandemic. <laughs> and the get that. announcements means we can rehearse, but Yay. we still can't have audiences. Well, so. you must have some social media. Can we clarify it for the ladies? Not that he's single, but that he has Oh, no. Single. I'm married. There you yeah, go. I got married go. this summer. But I've got a single out to radio. There you go. That, where can people, that's the single. Where can people yeah. follow you to find out more about You can uh, find me on Facebook. Sean is S-E-A-N. Gristwood is G-R-I-S-T-W-O-O-D. I've got a website. It's SeanGristwood.com. I'm not going to spell it again. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's at Sean Gristwood. It could be at S Gristwood. I don't know. If you search Sean Gristwood, you'll find me. I'm the only one of me, so if you Google me, I'll fill the whole page. Hey. That's quite handy. Boom. Go do it. Make sure uh, you guys are looking for that single. You if, know what? Uh, I do this quite often. I'll find, I'll find the link. You know what? The listeners, you've had a long day. Don't worry about it. I'll do the work. Just go to the show notes. I'm going to put all the links down there for you. You can go check out all this stuff. Oh, that's nice oh, of you, Charlie. Yeah. We don't okay. say that enough that, you know what? Yeah. Let's make it easy for you. Thanks, well, Charlie um, Scream. Well, to find those, uh, those so-called show notes, I don't I don't know why I said so-called. Um, you got to follow us. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold go... on, Quinn. Quinn, oh, no. if I may. Yes. I mentioned I got some surprises this episode, and this is the other one, the big one. Uh, you don't have to go through this whole list of things anymore. Because now, if you just want to go to l2lpodcast.com, you get the whole link tree. You can get all of our shit in one web page. What? Charlie, That's you just blind. blew my mind. We have a URL that everybody can go to. L2Lpodcast.com, and that's going to get it all right oh, sorted for you. Praise Crom. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. So what is that again? L2L.com? L2Lpodcast.com. .com. Great. I don't have to read off this fucking list. Every Wait, day. is it the word two or the number two? And if it's the word two, how do you spell it? L number two L podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t dot c-o-m right on um also reach out and talk to us uh learning to listen podcast at gmail.com uh you can drop us a line let us know what you think uh tell us that we have our heads so far up our ass we have no idea what we're talking about we're not qualified to do this at all and uh we'll probably agree with you but whatever (laughs) we're bored and we can do what we want so yes Uh, and of course, patreon.com slash learning to listen to help us out. You get all kinds of bonus content there. We put shows up early. Uh, today we were talking all about, uh, rubbing bumps together. Yeah. Rubbing bumps, (laughs) smooth bumps, rubbing smooth bumps together. I'm not going to explain that. (laughs) You gotta go. You gotta, I have huge regrets. (laughs) (laughs) Great conversation. We had some donuts might've been involved. I don't know. (laughs) Some pumping. (laughs) I'm not going to spell it out for you. You got to go to patreon.com slash learning to listen and find all that out. And of course, uh, we all have our own stuff going on. Uh, Naomi, what do you got going on? Well, I also have a podcast. Um, We have a whole family of podcasts. So we should start a network. We should start a network. Uh, Mine's called Dope Nostalgia, where we talk about the 90s and we talk with people who had hit songs in the 90s. I think that the week that this comes out, it's going to, my guess is going to be Tara Kemp. And she had two top 10 billboard hits in 1991. 
called Hold You Tight and Peace of My Heart. So she's my guest. Yeah. Awesome. Right Boom. on, right Love on, it. right on. Love Charlie. It. Hey. What do you got going on? Well, could you be wearing it? I could be wearing it. You know what? I use this episode to drop a new shirt in the merch shop down at oldmandesign.com. If you're L2L, you're L2L for life. Just hop on over there. Check out the shirt. Get yourself one. Get yourself one. You know what? Get get your get your friends one. Get your enemies one. You know, if you want, then you can just tear it up with your enemies and your friends in the streets. What are you gonna do, right? <laughs> what are you gonna do? You can go out in the streets and be in up to groups of ten, I think, and then just you know run around with your shirts on, have a damn good time. Oldmandesign.com. Get you some new shit. All right. Right on. Right on. Right on. Yeah, and uh, you know we got lots of stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to be doing some more bargain bins. Um, eventually going to make uh, Naomi listen to some more punk rock as punishment oh, for no. uh, not listening to Chris Ledoux. Can I just listen to some more Chris Ledoux albums to make up? Nope. No? nope. Too late. Yeah. Too late. My it's, bad. It, the guest picks anyway. It's not That's up right. to me. That's right. That's right. guest picks. I mean, I pick the guests, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, yeah. thank you so much for joining us one more time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is fun. Um, this is... I had fun listening to this album. I had fun talking to you. Um, before we call it a day, the very last thing we get any guests to do is just wrap it all up for us by just giving us your best rap, rap, wrap it up. And all you have to say is rap, rap, wrap it up, however you want to do it. You say those words, and this show is over. All right. Well, let's wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Hell yeah. Boom, 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 boom. was fun yeah. and then it got really dark for a while a little bit anti-establishment but the next mm-hmm. thing you knew it was totally fun again so many artists came and went and left us wondering what are they doing now this podcast isn't about the heavy hitters who are still making millions it's about everyone else the ones whose careers didn't really leave that decade and kind of just still live in our memory so you mean vanilla i had another song we all know what happened to marky mark but what about the Funky Bunch? Who were the KLF? And why did Tammy Wynette record a song with an electro dance band that topped the charts? Two genres that specifically defined the 90s. What were freestyle and new jack swing all about? Did you know that Blossom star Joey Lawrence had a huge pop hit? Or that Alanis Morissette had a really hot pop career in Canada before Jagged Little Pill? Special guests will also be joining me to discuss the great era of glitter, grunge, thin eyebrows, hammer pants, and total ridiculousness. We're even setting up some interviews with some of the musicians that define the times. Okay, so if you're older than 30, you might be sitting here going, Man, I totally remember that song, but I have no idea who does that. Well then, you better listen and find out. I'm Naomi Carmack, host of the Ultimate 90s podcast, Dope Nostalgia. 
You're going to be busting the move again coming in early 2020. You want to follow us so that you know when we go live? Check out our Twitter at Nostalgia Dope. Or you can find us on Instagram at dope underscore nostalgia. If you've got a question or you just want to be on the show, email us at dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com.